Support for this episode is brought to you by SipTequila.com. I hear people talk all the time about not being able to find good selections of tequila in their hometown. The answer is simple. Head on over to SipTequila.com, where you can browse their growing library of amazing tequilas. Within a few days, you'll be sipping on your favorite tequila while reading your personalized thank you note. That's SipTequila.com. Premium tequilas shipped direct to your door. Now, it's time for the show. What do you get when you go deep into the jungle to learn how to make tequila? To study someone using only the tools around them to make a truly unique profile, you get an education and a foundation for creating your own brand based on a 300-year-old recipe that was found in a moonshine still. I'm talking about Cascanes. We're going to see what they've been up to since the last time they've been on the show, as they have some big plans for the future on this episode of the Agave Social Club Podcast. Hosted by me, Doug Price. Welcome to the show. This is the Agave Social Club Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Price. My guest today is making his second appearance on the show as we have a lot to talk about. I'm here with one of the owners of Cascanes Tequila, John Paul Fortunati. JP, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Doug. Appreciate it. JP, before we get into all that's new with Cascanes, for anyone who is new to the show or the brand, can you share a little bit about the origin story of Cascanes? Sure. So t- two of my brother-in-laws uh, originally started the company. One of my brother-in-laws is a, a winemaker. So he produces his own wine, grows his own grapes, does everything from start to finish. So he got the idea to start a tequila brand. So he goes down to Mexico, starts touring a lot of the different distilleries, checking them out, seeing who could produce for him. He sort of became disenchanted by the fact that it was just like a, a checklist. You know, do you want Valle Agave, Highland Agave? You know, what kind of flavor, what kind of flavor profile you're trying to mimic? What do you like? And he said, this, is this how you make tequila? If this is how you make tequila, I don't, I don't want to have any part of it. I, I want to use my creativity and be involved in the process. After this point, he was ready to kind of just give it up. But somebody said, hey, there's a guy in the jungle that you may want to go visit that's producing tequila from scratch. It's basically tequila moonshine, but it's amazing. And maybe you can work something out with him. I've been to this place several times. It's in the middle of the jungle. You've got to take a four by, you drive through a river to get there. It's a small town, supports maybe 15 families. There's a a gentleman there that produces tequila from scratch. I mean, everything he has is DIY. The oven he made, the shredder he made. So the shredder is actually a Chevy inline six cylinder attached to a manual transmission with a a hand fabricated (laughs) welded shredder box. So they just take the cooked agaves and they throw them right into the, uh, the shredder and it throws them up against the wall. And then they hand squeeze them. They open air ferment and then they, they use a still over a, a wood fire and produce the tequila. Everything's there. Everything they, they fabricated. It's a pretty interesting site. And, they, and another interesting thing about this place is that it's the original site of the original Salsa distillery. So the chimney stack is still there. You can see the, the original, uh, the foundations from the Ornos. So it has some history. So the idea was that they were going to get to the flavor profile they liked. So Colin was going back and forth for over a year, just back and forth between the States and Mexico, working with this guy, learning how to make tequila. And the idea was that they were going to build a distillery there and then, you know, work with him to to run it. But after they had some of the samples tested by the CRT, it wasn't going to pass because they were pulling water out of the river and who knows what, who knows what was upstream. It's a little too remote. Yeah, a little too remote. Yeah. So they were sort of back to square one. And then uh, somebody said, hey, there's a uh, small distillery just outside of tequila that's producing uh, agave distillates for the Mexican market, but not for export. So Co- Colin went there and met with them and then started working with Don Chico, who's, you know, it's our master distiller. So they, they start working together. Colin's taking the stuff that he learned from the jungle and working with Chico and all his experience uh, at a more of a 
commercial style, you know, not hand, not handmade uh, equipment. Yeah. And they get to the point where Colin gets a flavor profile he likes. And he learned from the jungle that water was very important. So they sourced out a natural spring that's about 40 minutes away from the distillery. It's Naviche uh, Springs. It's the natural spring for a, a small town called Ostotipaquillo. And we get the water, we truck it in for every one of our productions. And obviously we feel it makes a difference in the flavor profile. So the, basically that's where that's kind of the origin story. That's how we helped them get the, the CRT certification, get the NOM number. And then first production was 2017. Colin started doing this going out of Mexico in 2015. And in 2017, first batch was available, got delivered up to uh, San Francisco World Spirits and got a double gold the first time out. And then the second year was another double gold, best tequila, best on age spirit, best in show. So that's, that's sort of the, the start of everything. And it's just been growing. I mean, it, it's just been growing. I, I was with the brand a few days ago. I am fresh from Mexico. You and I were there together a few days ago. We had a lot to talk about. And, you know, we've seen tequila sales booming and a lot of brands needing to increase production just as supply and demand is continued to grow. And you guys, you've watched that trend. You've been a part of that trend as you continue to make the best tequila that you can, as well as, you know, meet that demand. With that in mind, you guys have a big announcement to make about the future of Cascanes, don't you? That's correct. We're moving facilities. We've been working on this for, well, I mean, now it's it's well over 10 months. I mean, we're probably 11, 11 plus months at this point. But we started looking and we found a partner that we want to work with. It's a Tecoleto Tap, T-Tap. It's NOM 1614. And yep. one of the things that really drew us to them was just how nice the facility was. I mean, it's it's very, very clean. It's modern. But the real thing was that they actually, they have an Orno and they have a Tahona. So for us looking forward, I mean, we, we like to be experimental and try new things. And so this gives us options, you know, moving forward, we want to create different flavor profiles, things that we're going to like, and we hope that everybody else enjoys. So, but they also have an autoclave that they run at the same, or we have the ability to run at the same exact pressure and temperature and times that we run our, our last one. So that gives us, what we were trying to do is obviously... Keep a consistent flavor profile, like keep the same DNA of Cuscanes, but enhance it, improve it. Another plus too is we're using all organic agave now. So we're cer certified organic, certified gluten-free, certified kosher, cer certified GMO-free. Those are extra bonuses. And that distillery, just like your previous distillery, I mean, this is confirmed added to free. I mean, this That's is correct. going to be, along with everything else, this this will go through the program with Grover and the team and be added to free. I anytime a brand moves distilleries, I imagine it's got to be stressful, especially a brand like Cascanes, who in, I mean, seriously, in such a short amount of time, I and mean, you said 2017, 2018, in such a short amount of time, you guys really have separated yourselves from, you know, from the pack as a very sought out brand, a very well-respected brand. As you were starting this process, I mean, you said 10, 11 months, where, where do you start? I'm sure you're checking with different distilleries and seeing because it is a big deal. You guys aren't just jumping into the market. You have already established yourself and you're now saying to your, your fans, because there's a lot of people that love Cascanes, hey, we are improving this and we want this to be something that you continue to come back to. So what was that process like as you started this 10, 11 months ago? It, it was stressful. <laughs> we have some relationships with different distilleries and we started talking to them. We were speaking with them and trying to work things out. And some of them have their own capacity issues. So some of them got ruled out from that. Some were, they were using Highland Agave. Uh, versus lowland and we want to maintain our same flavor profile and then also proximity to our water source right since so, so we're trucking our water in that's a huge thing right i mean i we can't be driving 
from Osto to Arandas. I mean, it's, it's so as we kind of narrowed it down, one of the, like I said, one of the things that really stood out at uh, Take a Little Tap was the fact that they, they're just so professional. And I mean, they were just really easy to, to, to get along with and work with and just really good people. And then on top of that, the fact that there's an Orno and a, a Tahona, and then in the future right now, they're doing some expansion. So we'll probably have a, a full copper pot still at our disposal. But there's also currently now the, the stainless steel stills that they have have copper coils. So that's one. Which is yes, different. Yes, that's one. That's that's really the only main difference that we have from from our previous facility. As people hear this, you know, there there's naturally going to be some some doubt and hesitation. You you came from a very solid distillery. You spent ten months making sure that this new final product it's got the same profile, if not better. And I think it's important to point out that you were bringing in your own water, like you said. You're still bringing in that same water source. That's correct. You have this low pressure autoclaves, you know, matching that atmospheric pressure. And then people can say, well, yeah, but the art is in the master distiller, which was Don Chico and your chemist, Nestor. Remind me who your current master distiller and chemist is. So we still, uh, Don Chico is still our master distiller and uh, Nestor is still our chemist. So we brought the entire team over. Of course, Colin, my brother-in-law, is still involved. Spoke about it in the past. He's got an amazing palate, amazing nose. And of course, him and Chico and all of us, we do all the blending together. So I mean, the entire team came over. So we're, it's still, it's the same cooks in a different kitchen with brand new toys. <laughs> and I mean, look, that in itself speaks volumes to what you guys are doing, that the team you've made, you know, we were, we were there on Saturday. There was not, not much was going on. You know, it's a Saturday. They graciously opened the distillery for us and Nestor and Don Chico both came out to spend some time with us. What, what is it about those guys that you love so much that, you know, you said, Hey, you guys, you guys got to still be a part of this team. Well, they're gr They're great at what they do and they're, they're good people. Yeah. I mean, they're genuinely good people. I mean, they've been very, very good to us and uh, we're just very appreciative to have them on the team. The fact that they were willing to come with us was, which is amazing. That in itself should be putting anybody's mind at ease to go, man, what, what is it going to be like? Because we have seen brands in the past that have changed distilleries and that profile did change. And so I know, you know, sometimes that can happen, but I've, I was there. I've tasted it. This is not the same scenario from some of those other brands. You know, we, we did the tour of the facility, as you mentioned. I mean, it's super clean. It just looked very well thought out as, as they, you know, as you work your way through the distillery, autoclaves, the Orno, Tahona, roller mill. I mean, all these things at, at your disposal there, it just gives you options for the future. I noticed something that I, I had not seen before at other distilleries. Back by bottling, there was a stainless steel, uh, just a wall of these just smaller barrels and stainless steel holding tanks. What What's going on with that? What can you tell us about those? Yeah, that was one of the first things that stood out to me too uh, when we first were looking for different distilleries. So it was the first time I'd seen that. I I've toured dozens of facilities and I hadn't seen any of these uh, stainless steel tanks that you can use for single barrels. So basically, if we find a single barrel that's uh, ready to be pulled, but we're not ready to bottle at that point in time, we can take the liquid and put it into a stainless steel tank and stop the aging. We can also store tequila there that we'll use for blends in the future. If it's something like, a, like for example, the, the Hoven that we used that had a, a four-year single barrel extra Añejo in it, well, we use that for two different batches. And so obviously we do want that to continue, continue to age. So we had a, a different holding tank, but it was nowhere near as organized and, and efficient as what they have here at the new facility. 
Yeah, again, it just speaks to, like you said, it, it's same cooks, new kitchen with a lot more tools at your disposal for as you guys play. I've got three of your Blancos in front of me. These are from the new distillery. W when should these hit store? Are these already on their way to the U.S., in the U.S., or what time frame for people to start tasting this? They're on their way right now. I'm expecting it to be in the warehouse in by Friday, Thursday, and then take some time to check in. So Friday to Monday. And then it'll start going out to stores. That warehouse in California, and then it'll start working its way through the country. Correct. Yeah. So for the, for the Blancos, I mean, you run the spectrum here. You offer your number seven, your number nine, and number 10. Seven is the 40%. And then we go up from there. Were, were there any challenges? I mean, when you're making these batches, anything that you needed to tweak as you were you know, using the new distillery? I know you did a lot of blind tasting, but a, as you were working through this, anything come up that you guys just kind of had to, to tweak a little bit? No, it was just, it, I mean, the fermentation tanks are a different size. So it was trying to find the, uh, we've done a lot of batches. So it was to get it to where we wanted it. What we did is experiment with different fermentation lengths. We just kept trying and we kept going longer and then trying to see if we would see any difference in the flavor profile and kind of played with that until we got it to where we wanted it. So th that was the main thing was just really the, the length on the fermentation. This number seven Blanco is, is so delicious. It's got a sweetness, there's a greenness, but it's also, I mean, just so easy to drink. It's soft and it does taste like the previous batches. And I, I might even go out there and say better. I mean, you guys have continued to, to hit that DNA and rightfully so because you've got Don Chico, you've got the same water, all those things that, that we've been talking about. When you guys first tried this, you said those blind, I mean, could you guys tell the difference? What was going through your mind as you finally said, hey, this is it. We we did it. We have hit that profile that we were looking for with Cascanes. Yeah, for sure. So we like we did a bunch. We've even uh, cooked some stuff in the Orno. Uh, that were some that were some sample or test batches we did there, which we barreled. So that look for that. We'll have some special stuff using that soon, relatively soon. We did the Orno and like I said, all these different fermentation lengths. And then every time we would try it, of course we'd have opinions and then kind of go back and forth. And until we until we finally settled on on a fermentation length and everything else was was done the way we we do it. But we set up a, a, a tasting panel. So a lot of times we would just taste it and then we oh no okay we got to go longer. We got to do this. But when we felt that it was really, really close. We got everybody together and did a blind and we labeled all the glasses with just color coded tags. And then we had everybody, we had Don Chico there, you know, Colin, myself, the rest of the team, you had Cruz, but not Marco, the Partita brothers, they were there. And so we had trying to think who else was there, but basically we had a ton of people in this, in this room, in that room that you were in with the, uh, that big, long tasting room. Yeah, table. Beautiful, beautiful tasting room. We went back and forth with that and we had um, some of our old stuff there and then some of the new stuff. And it it got to the point with, with this tasting where people just started giving up. Like, I, I can't tell. We also had uh, that <laughs> their, their master distiller for, uh, for 1614 for tequila tad. So basically we had everybody there going through this. These people all know tequila very well. And most of them just said, I'm not going to, I can't even pick. I can't, can't guess. And Colin was the only one that was able to differentiate between the two. But I mean, this is his baby. And I mean, he, and like I yeah. said, he has an amazing palate and a nose. So it, I, he was the only one in the whole room that was able to differentiate the two. But I mean, it's like such minutia. So then when we played with it a little bit more now, I feel where we're at now is, is better. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the way the product turned out. Yeah, I'm sure you're just excited. I mean, again, stressful, but I'm sure you're excited that 
you guys have put in the work. Now you just continue to to put out this amazing tequila, and it, I'm sure it's exciting to get it out. As in the coming you know weeks, it's going to start hitting stores, and people get to try this for themselves. You know, we we went into this tasting room. This tasting room, it's like dug into the ground. Behind it is this wall of glass, and behind that glass is like four thousand barrels. We got to go in that barrel cellar. The smell of it was just glorious. I mean, just, just smelling all of that. You let me climb up on the barrels and, and overlook. I was scared to come down, but getting up there and climbing on those barrels. And you just mentioned it. You guys did a run with the brick oven. Was it like 17 barrels or is it something that you've got yeah, just filled, tequila filled, in filled barrels? From the Orno, yeah. We have more than that there, but that just, just from the Orno, yes. And you showed me, you said, hey, this section here, this is our section. And I'm sure that's an, a, a larger section because, you know, it, where you came from was a smaller distillery. And so this does continue to give you opportunity to to scale and keep up with that demand. But is it is it the Reposado? Because this is special. I mean, people get to try this from the brick oven. Will this be Reposado that you're thinking? Or are you going to let it, you know, maybe rest a little longer and get to Añejo? Or are you just kind of playing it by ear with these? these like awesome like we do we play by ear so we don't we age to taste not time so if it's when we go in there and check it if we think it's amazing at that point in time we may may pull it if we feel it needs a little bit more time we'll let it go but that that's part of the beauty of it i mean we don't have a formula we don't say okay six months boom we're pulling this out or whatever the case is everything is going by taste and then so what we'll do too i mean it it could even be a, a, a situation where we might take that and blend it in with some some of the other stuff. Yeah. We just don't know. I mean, it's sort of like you're you're an amazing chef and you pull open your spice drawer and you're looking to see what what might enhance it and make it better. So that gives us options that we can do that. That, that that's what's really cool about this. So I'm excited for that to to see what what comes out of that. Again, you guys are saying, hey, we're willing to try. We're we all got great palates and we're tasting. We just had the seven. Now we move on to the number nine. This is the same tequila. It's just proofed differently or or less. This is now at fifty percent or a hundred proof. To me, this is I, I want to live here all day long. This takes that seven just up to another level. It's a little briny. It's very green. That sweet agave just it it just comes through. There's some heat that hangs, but it's it's not too much at all. You mentioned the other master distiller, Julio Kova, who is the master distiller there. He was kind enough to join us. And the whole time when we were sipping on this nine, he just kept swirling it around going, just look at the crown at the top of the glass. It just does a perfect circle all the way around and then the legs the viscosity and the body this this is something that i know the people that love cascanes i mean they love these higher proofs what what do you like about this number nine and i'm sure as i mean it's amazing as water can change it with the proofing but when you guys started sipping on this nine what what were your first thoughts i I was very pleased with that the number nine is is just really really delicious I, I, all the expressions are good, and it's amazing just what just your different, just like you said, adding water or cha- you know changing the proof yeah. will do. Changes it more than you'd think it would, <laughs> you know. So it, yeah. it's it's amazing. So you know, our, our still strength is at fifty four percent, and then the number nine, which was our original release, that's when Colin first released it. That was hundred proof. That's where he kind of thought the sweet spot was. And since then, we've introduced the number ten still strength, and then the number seven eighty proof, because we kind of it's sort of like the Goldilocks thing right? There's something that's just right for everybody. So not everybody's palates yeah. are, are going to like a still strength. I mean, not everybody wants that, but then there's some people that 
give me as much flavor, give me as much as agave as possible. We're trying to find, we're trying to give everybody something that they're going to enjoy. Right. And as you talked about that water, you know, I, I had a chance, I was there for a few days and I was there with another distillery and we got to experiment with, we had samples in front of us. We had some water, we had our droppers and a little syringe, and we were going through the calculations of getting to different proofs by adding just drops of water and how much that changed the profile. I mean, it really, we were all sitting around going, how did three drops of water or, or four, you know, in a small sample batch, how did that change that profile so differently? And so you guys, I mean, to, to play around with it, you know, most brands, their still strength is going to be that number nine. I mean, it's going to be that hundred per 50%, but you guys continue to just kick it up. We're, we're just hitting you in the face with agave with there's some anise here there's some pepper here but it doesn't sip like a 108 or a 110 i mean it's still very easy to sip on very enjoyable you know you guys none of these are different from each other right these are all the same right. starting as the same just different with the proofing the bottles that you have there are all from the same batch so it, i mean it could vary in the future obviously depending on the uh, you know the, where the agave came from and everything but what you're drinking it's it's a true test because you're able to see same batch, same agave, same cooking, same fermentation. Everything's identical. It's just the proof. And you guys have also a big part of that DNA is how you guys play sometimes with this malolactic. And you you even let me try. You had a Blanco that you said, hey, we're, we're kind of playing around with this. I thought it's delicious. You said, hey, we're still kind of dialing it in. Same thing with that Hoven. We're all waiting to see, you know, as you guys start to launch some of those malolactic ones, what, what is it about that? Is that just the fermentation, letting it go a little longer, playing with different temperature of the fermentation or, or, or how, how are you playing with that? Yeah, right now we're playing with fermentation length, ferment, fermentation with some fibers. I mean, so there's, there's different things right now that we're trying to get that because now it's a different facility. I mean, it, things are different. So it, we're kind of having to start from scratch with that. So we're we're playing with different things. Nestor's playing with it, and we're trying to get that dialed in. Like you said, you tried some of it. I don't know. There was that little sample bottle that we were getting kind of close. I don't know if you smelled that one. I didn't. It was a little that little plastic jug thing, and it it had that funky smell to it. I don't know if you smelled that one or not. I, I must have been still climbing okay. barrels. <laughs> we got to get to that. But I mean, that was that that one was just a, a a rough draft, you know, so to speak. We know we're going in the right direction when we tried one that was just a really really long fermentation without fibers or anything, so it didn't start to get. There's like a, a bacteria that gets introduced, and that's where you're getting that funkiness. So, but that's didn't happen in the one that you tried. That was more just a really long fermentation with, you know, it did get some mallow, but not, not enough. You know, yeah. we're trying to use this as a, like to get that, that butter popcorn, that Parmesan, yeah. you know, that, that stuff that we were just enamored with the, on the first Hoven. And there are some distilleries that have a funk and it's not a good funk. You guys have figured this thing out and it is, like you said, that buttery, that cheesiness, and and it's just something that you just keep wanting to smell. You keep going back to, and then you taste it and it just continues to give flavors. I mean, the Hoven, uh, in my opinion, the Hoven's the best Hoven out there as people will continue to find it and as you guys are working with it, uh, just to see what you guys are doing with all of these. You've got maybe some repo in barrels maybe some Añejo and you're just kind of playing around to see aging to taste so that right now for Añejo it has to be at least a year. So we've got a little bit of time before we're going to see any Añejos. That, that's right. Well, we have, we just launched some Añejo that from the previous facility. So we do have Añejo yeah. now, but for Añejo from this facility, yeah, we still have, I mean, 
probably be towards the end of the year. I mean, we would have some, so give or take. JP, I know you said it's been stressful and, and I'm sure it has been stressful. I'm sure you're probably getting the best sleep that you've ever had in the past 10 months right now than you probably were a, a few months ago. And, and, and back as you were starting all of this, for you guys to, to grow together as a team, for you guys to have the same master distiller, same chemist, to be at a new facility that, man, the people there are saying, hey, use what you need here. This is this is yours. Welcome, welcome to our kitchen. What does that mean for you, this journey? You've got Edwin, you've got Jose, you've got such an amazing team with Cascanes. What does that mean for you guys? As I'm sure, you know, you guys have had to kind of work through maybe, maybe some things here where maybe somebody said, well, that flavor was this, or this profile was this, but throughout this journey, as you look back on it and you guys can all, you know, call in, everybody can go, okay, we're here and we've done it. What, what has that meant to you? And, and what have you learned along the way? It's, it's been quite a journey. It's a lot of, a lot of trips to Mexico. I've been, we've been going down yeah. there a lot. You know, it's like, wait, you're in Mexico again, you're in Mexico again. And I mean, yeah. cause you, you know, you just, have to be there, right? I mean, when you're doing this, I mean, we're very involved in the process. It's not, you know, I know some some brand owners phone it in, and that's not that's not us working with. So Colin and Chico had already been working with each other since you know 2016 ish, something something to that effect, and obviously going to the other facility and working with with Chico and Nestor and and the rest of the team there. I mean, it's it's like they're already family, right? So it's it's yeah. great to be able to move and to grow with with these people that you do consider family. And now it's like we have an extended family. Now we have we're bringing in Julio and you know Anna and then their whole team. Yeah. And so now we have all these people that are just really great and supportive. And so that's exciting, right? I mean, it's really exciting when you have people that kind of share the same vision. And I mean, you, I know you probably saw Julio. I mean, he's very passionate about this too. And so yeah. to have him now on our team and him helping us, and you know, it, it's it. It's been great. It it really is, and I'm just super excited about the future and what we can bring, uh, you know, to the market and have people try. And I mean, we've got like Colin is a winemaker. We've already brought some of the barrels down from the, some of the wine he makes that he's aged some uh, Napa Cab in. So we want okay. to do a Rosa, you know, in the future here, and whether that'll be a, a Blanca Rosa or a Repo Rosa, again, we don't know. Only the tastes will, you know, will, will tell. So we'll, we'll know then. But it's it's. Again, like you said, I mean, it's been super stressful. You're right. I, now I'm, I don't know that I'm quite there where I'm getting to sleep yet, but but I'm but I'm hoping to. So we're yeah, we're just looking forward to to, to this and and kind of growing and putting more exciting expressions out there. And you talk about that extended family. I met Cruz, who is one of the Partita brothers, who has you know he's oversees production there, and he even brought his his boys with him. One of them shows up with a Cascane shirt, and so again, it, it's just cool to see you know the family all coming together to to go. Man, welcome, welcome to this distillery, JP. Thank you for thank you for letting me to be one of the first to to try the new batches. Uh, it really is an honor to to be there. You guys are continuing to open up new markets. I'm here in Florida. I know you guys are getting real close to opening up Florida. There's a lot of markets there that you're opening up. Again, goes back to speaking to the need for the production to be able to continue to meet that demand. Uh, but thank you for, for letting me be a part of it. I do, before I let you go, I want to make sure social media, uh, if people have questions, because people will have questions, we are curious, they will have questions. Give me your Instagram and then uh, your website just for people to learn more about you. So Instagram is at Drink Cuscana. 
Kazkanez. The website is kazkanez.com. And there's a lot of information there. And if, if they need to contact you, I know you guys are, are very active there and, and, and everybody's responsive. So if they have any questions, they can reach that, out to you and you guys will, will be quick to respond. Correct. Yeah. You can shoot us an email. Emails go directly to me. So if you <laughs> need anything, you can, you can email us and we'll get back to you or uh, DM us on Instagram. We'll, we'll get back to you there too. Happy to answer any questions. Feel free. That's what we're here for. JP, thank you, buddy. I'm excited. I'm a fan. I really believe in you guys. I love the team. And and I'm excited to see uh, you know what the future holds. And more than that, I'm excited for these bottles to get out there and for others that have grown so much love for the Cascanes team. So again, congrats on on the, the hard work and to a bright future, my friend. Cheers and salute. Awesome. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate you and everything you do. Thanks a lot. All right, buddy. I'll see you. Take care. That was John Paul Fortunati with Cascanes Tequila. Be on the lookout for their brand new batches as they start to hit the U.S. market. To learn more about the brand, you can go to cascanes.com. A big thanks to siptequila.com and make sure you're following me on Instagram at Agave Social Club with short form content daily. I'm Doug Price and thanks for listening.